Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, and that means it is time for The Art of the CEO, the show for people who enjoy the challenge of business and who want to do it a little better. I'm your host, Bart Jackson, the Hieronymus Bosch of business, and whether you are a compassionate consultant taking each business owner's cause as a personal crusade, like Barbara, or perhaps you're a CEO who can turn low-margin foodstuffs into large profits, like Jonathan, no matter what, we are here to bring you the sage counsel of business masters to help your career and your business. Today's episode is entitled Groupthink, The Maze of Ways to Consensus. Yes, today we're going to examine uh, both the clever and some of the more blunderful ways people attempt to get everyone pulling in the same rope in the same direction at the same time, all with only their slightly manipulated and persuaded wills uh, moving at one. And here to help me is Mr. John Sarno, known to his Fairleigh Dickinson University business students as one of the most knowledgeable persons in business ownership and in healthcare. He's known to his re- the readers of his books as the man who make, takes commercial insights uh, one step beyond, really, and to members of the Employers Association of New Jersey, which he heads as the most deal-making, rather than deal-making, uh, breaking uh, attorneys in the Garden State. So, be you an executive entrepreneur or business owner, this is the man whose advice you want in your ear. But before we get going and show you how a company really should be governed, let me take a few moments out there to supply you all with a few utensils for our Feast of Wisdom. First, as I always do, allow me to remind each of the individuals hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And my friends, that is the most important position you will ever hold in your career. Will this be the day that you spend knee-deep in other people's swamps taking care of their problems? Or will you step out and take care of those things that are most vital in your life and turn yourself to your best advantage? The choice is truly yours. Secondly, it is time to dip into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from 101 Best Business Quips. So let me pull out the book here. Thumb around. Okay, oh, here we are. This is this is, this is is 25. Uh, donut and ice cream shops flourish worldwide, but where is one thriving spinach or broccoli chain? <laughs> As an afterthought, allow me to remind you that fortunes are made by selling folks what they want, not what you think they need most. So, as a third utensil, and perhaps we should call today's utensil the fishy fork, we will give you the answer to last week's business quotation. Now, today, before we leave the air, we will broadcast another quotation, and we invite us to email, you invite you to email us the name of the author, as you believe him or her to be. Simply write info at bartsbooks.com, that's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, and if you're right, we'll announce your name on the air and send you a gift. And so the author of last week's quote, that is the individual who said, if you are deliberately trying to create a future that is safe, you will willfully ignore the future that is likely. That was none other than the author and business venturist, Seth Gooden. Now, 
let us dig into today's feast and call upon the expert of the attorney, author, and guru of business leadership, Mr. John Sarno. John, how are you doing today? Good. Great, Bart. I'm, I'm enjoying the show. Uh, wonderful oh. uh, quote. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad someone is. That's great. John, you're the uh, really the guiding force behind the Employers Association of New Jersey, which is growing madly. Uh, could you tell us just to tell us a little bit about the EANJ? What are you doing, and how might I, as an employer, benefit from coming on board? Well, uh, first, let me say uh, yes. I, I am the guiding force, but I have a uh, terrific team. Um, and the Employers Association um, is a trade group uh, comprised of employers, and I underline the word employer because every employer is a business, uh, but not every business is an employer. Uh, a That's business, true. Uh, true. Com- a business competes on cost, an employer uh, competes on talent. So we assist our members on HR management, uh, labor relations, and of course, when you're competing on talent, you have to focus in on the health, wellness, and productivity of the employees, uh-huh. and um, and that's why we have a uh, a healthcare plan. And um, over 1,250 employers are now getting their healthcare through EA and J. Whoa, that's that's really that's important. I, ladies and gentlemen, you should know that. Um, the new federal, uh, the, the latest federal um, health care act has all 1,018 pages of it. has not been read by many, many people at all, but uh, Mr. John Sarno is one of them. Now, John, as I understand it, if I join EANJ, uh, you and the team will show me how I don't have to pay any federal income tax at all ever again, right? <laughs> uh, no, 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 that's not right. But I think you just got the attention no, of everyone who is uh, listening, listening right now. What we will uh, help you with is uh, providing uh, quality and affordable health care to your employees. That I can uh. guarantee we can do. Well, you know, there's nothing nothing so boosts talent as to have it healthy and vertical. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, I'm off of that. Um, now, you have also uh you you've uh, authored the excellent book Perils of Prosperity and uh it's a remarkably insightful volume uh ladies and gentlemen i recommend it to everyone here it's on amazon and and uh, just just go out and get it you really need it but uh rumor has it that you are aggregating a uh, a whole lot of your managerial wisdom that you have seen and uh, performed yourself for possibly another volume and uh is so? Yeah, no, I'm, it, it's uh, um, it's all about sharing right now um, on, uh, on almost okay. a daily basis. Sharing, sharing what I know with my staff and the folks who I work with, and with my business partners and uh, mm-hmm. with uh, others, and um, sharing uh, some of my knowledge, what I've learned, and maybe even sharing some mistakes. So yeah, I, I, it's. Uh, 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 I am uh, going to be on bar- embarking on on uh, something uh, something significant that uh, will be published. Okay, well, it, I should tell you that that uh, John and I talked about this over uh, at the Book Expo in New York uh, a couple of months back, and uh, so I thought I'd like to grab a couple of the topics that that uh, you mentioned to, uh, at that sure. time. And I was wondering mm-hmm. if we could tease out particularly the topic of groupthink. Uh, you have a very interesting view on that. John, 
what exactly is the concept of groupthink? What is it? Well, groupthink, I mean, uh, uh, this has been an interest of mine, uh, you know, since I was an undergraduate uh, many, many years ago. The idea of uh, personal autonomy and decision-making and, 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 and responsibility uh, as opposed to uh, conformity. And uh, groupthink, is, is, it really arises out of um, uh, a committee, a, a, a group of folks who are advising a, usually but not always, but usually a uh, powerful executive. And there's an enormous amount of, it's an enormous amount of conformity on the group to tell the executive what he or she wants to hear um, to uh. please the executive, and there's a lot of pressure to conform, and um, it's very, very difficult for somebody to raise their hand and say, Chief, I don't think this is going to work. Usually that does not happen. The messenger uh. Uh, oftentimes gets shot, and we have uh, examples <laughs> in, in all walks of life whether oh, it's government, been. business, and or what have you, where um, the decision of the group is uh, is uh, is, a, is a bad one, and uh, can also be disastrous. I think there's been a lot. You're absolutely right. I think we've we've tried to get around it with everything from flattening pyramids and and making uh, making offices different. But but the truth of it, I, I think you're absolutely right. That there, the, the groupthink is alive and well, and I'm just gonna. It, it's sort of a. Would I be right in saying it's sort of a default kind of collective going along with it mentality? And so, is the implementation implementation of groupthink is that sort of the the worst of the herd instinct combined with the worst of individual self preservation fears? <laughs> Yeah, it has a function. Groupthink group has a function uh, similar to, uh-huh. you know, bureaucratic decision-making. It diffuses responsibility right. so that if the, uh-huh. if the outcome is bad, no one person uh, gets to take responsibility for the bad outcome. So that's, that's, a, that's a functional part of groupthink. Um, but again, getting back to the dynamic of the group and the, um, the uh, power that is expressed by the group leader, um, right. and whether the group la- leader um, can be uh, confronted or with with alternate views. So, um, right, I see, uh, there, I there's the, the group is not a safe place, not usually mm-hmm. to to mm-hmm. Uh, uh, offer alternative views. Ah, uh, so this is yeah, I think. I think you're right. Of course, with every decision comes risk. So, um, I mean, I, I want to invite Certainly. input from my team. I want to. I, I have my team here. I want to invite them. I want them to feel part of the decision-making process. So, you tell me, how do I give them this? The excitement that, that our choice, this thing we're coming together with, is vital. At the same time, uh, how do I? Uh, Shelter them from risk or allay their fears, so they'll come out with ideas. Right. Now it's an ongoing uh, dynamic. I, I I don't think it's provided as such. I mean, when you when you go back and reread Tom Peters in in, in the seminal, you know, his his search for excellence. Oh, yeah. you know, his his right. view on this, and it's essentially a, a summary of of other views, is that you know you fool or trick employees into thinking that they have input into the decision when they really don't. 
And, you know, so I'm not about tricking or fooling employees. By the same token, not every employee wants to make a contribution. Uh, The environment has to be be safe for telling the truth to the executive. The leader has to be willing to hear the truth and not – you know, the leader doesn't have to agree, uh, no, but no. Uh, certainly the leader should not be punishing someone who might have a counter view. And I think that allows for um, healthy group behavior. Um, the leader right. doesn't well, have the, to the follow Socratic, the herd. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like the uh, old so Socratic it has to listen dialectic. To the group. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. Uh, uh, a big part of it is, is the leader has to both. Uh, provoke, uh, but also has to respect and then listen. Uh, and then at the end of the day, the leader is going to make their, his or her own call, but right. uh, knowing full well that each individual has their own agenda most of the time. But at the sure. end of the day, uh, it does, it, it's not a trick. It, not only does it feel like buy-in, it, it is buy-in. I think that's true. If if I, while I may be the one, I I Joe Leader may be the one who makes the decision. I, as I really, if I'm sharp, I want the best possible information I can get pro and con. I want to hear it all. And I should, you, you, you yeah, use both the term inside and outside, use, by the way. Right, right. You have to hear it all, not only from the people around you, but you have to hear it from customers. You have to hear it yeah, from yeah. business associates, and you have to hear it from people who are not even in your industry, who might be yeah, uh, no. giving you a giving you a different world view. So I think the more diverse the 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 people uh, that the leader speaks with and interacts with and engages with, I think the better better informed their decisions are going to make. Because ultimately, there's a lot of um, I'll call it informed intuition that the leader is right, going to have to right. rely on. Well, I mean, I know just from my own experience. I mean, I know that that uh, if I have, if I have a decision in mind and I want to make it, I have I'm right at the ready. I can all I have to do is take it to my wife, and I know everything that's wrong with it. So it, it works beautifully. <laughs> I mean, we we well, argue over it, and sometimes she sometimes one of us says, "Well, this is the right way to do," and then I say, "Yes, dear," and it all works. And, uh, so. Yeah, well, well the employer-employee relationship, uh, the employer-employee relationship, as many of us know, uh, is not unlike that. Uh, is not unlike <laughs> a marriage. I mean, uh, certainly it, 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 it is not as uh, intimate and is not as forthcoming. Uh, but 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 there, the employer I, I like needs. There's a need, right? There's a need. The mm-hmm. employer mm-hmm. needs the employee, and the employee. Yeah. Uh, needs the employer. So in that regard, it's two people fulfilling their 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 needs. <laughs> so yeah. um, there there are some similar yeah. elements. Yeah, actually, that's that's a, a a good thing. And and one of the things is within these needs, everybody. Uh, you 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 mentioned this I, uh, earlier when we talked. Is that every decision uh, or, or every decision is biased, but every input is biased. Everything I'm hearing from my team has. As you uh, previously mentioned, it comes from people with their own agenda and their own view of things. Uh, everyone, yeah. everyone has a skewed view through their own lens, right? I mean, 
Well, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, you you find that in in philosophy, you find that in law, you find oh, sure. that in any sort of uh, uh, you know thinking uh, environment. Every input is biased. Uh, there, there, even if it purports to be objective and scientific, there's there, there's many there's an inherent bias, and the leader, him or herself, too, has uh, biases that uh, they may not even be aware of. So, um, right. and this this accounts for um, the unpredictable and unforeseeable outcomes. Right? I mean, because no, no. you know, you have this group, you have this group conversation. You mean like co classic? You, well, Sorry. you have you know data, overwhelming <laughs> yeah, amounts uh-huh. of data, right? That that uh-huh. that that uh, uh, th- you have at your disposal, and uh, right. it all has the appearance of uh, science and objectivity, and then uh, uh. there's a totally th- then there's an unanticipated outcome uh, or or an unpredictable result. And um, it, it's it's there's these things are inherently biased. It's that's why all decisions oh. of import are have risk. Right. That's that's very well put. I think, ladies and gentlemen, that is a quill pen moment that that I'd like you to take your your writing implement, dip that in the inkwell, and mark that down. Is that every decision has we are thinking individuals with our own will we are therefore going to be biased and this brings an element of risk into every decision and if your whole goal in life is risk management get out of business you, sh- you don't belong there you're you're too old no matter what you well, <laughs> and this is what this would allow this is what gives rise to what i would call the cult of technology because you know risk mm. is can be fearful when people have yeah, to yeah. take responsibility for their decisions Right? Then we, we right, want to shift right. that. You know, we, we say it's genetics. You know, don't blame me. It's it's my my genes that yeah, are making yeah, me my, do this. Uh, or in you right, know in Enron. My, or, or, so now I can put yeah, it on the data. Enron, I can put was, the flaw on the data. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In right. Enron it was my boss making me do this. In other right, settings right, right. Uh, you know, we tend to diffuse this onto Google. Google is telling me to do this. Um uh, there's very, very few <laughs> Very, very few predetermined outcomes. I, I've, in my long yeah. career, have not. I can't say that I've ever had a predetermined outcome. Uh, right, right. And I, I uh, think I, I'd like. I hope folks will remember that. Ladies and gentlemen, we've come to uh, the midpoint of our feast, actually even a little beyond it, and I'd like us to take uh, a brief survey for a moment and because it is time for me to introduce that company by whose good graces we are here today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing. There's the creator of Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides, among other things. And you may visit bartsbooks.com. That's B-A-R-T-S B-O-O-K-S dot com and explore a wide wealth of practical wisdom and business tools uh, such as what we've been talking about today. Uh, Prometheus Publishing would like to invite everyone enjoying today's show to take a look at two of our books. One is called Only Retire Once, which enumerates the nine deadly mistakes of retirement and sets you on the right um, wealth management course by fiscal wizard Mr. Roy Williams. And the other book uh, 
is uh, that a lot of, is one that a lot of people have asked about on the show when I call out the quip. Uh, yes, there really is a book called 101 Best Business Quips, and if you go to bartsbooks.com, you can buy it. And I also want you to know that uh, this little volume with all the fun to it is uh, you may get that weekly if you go to bartsbooks.com website, click, and you will get weekly uh, quips winging their way over cyberspace right into your lap, and heaven knows we could all use a little laughter. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and those who are listening to the radio in hopes of forgetting reality, uh, we are back with a guest, uh, an author of, uh, CEO of the Employers Association of New Jersey, Mr. John Sarno. John, we're talking about uh, you know the bias and, and the risk involved in decisions. So I'm going to allow me. I'm going to ask you a, a little test here, a little bit of a conundrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it better to make a decision? Uh, you are as the leader. Is it better to make a decision by executive fiat and be right, or achieve the full team motivated consensus and get them all behind you and be wrong? Uh, well, my, my own, <laughs> yes, my own view, yeah, it's like uh, heads I heads I win, tails you lose, right? How long have you um, been beating your wife? Yeah, right. Yeah, um, <laughs> the the um, at the end of the day, uh, you know, someone someone has to uh, stand up, has to stand behind, and be responsible for the decision, for good or ill. Right. Uh, right, and, right. and and that ultimately is going to be the leader, or in some cases, group of leaders. Um, and it's very difficult to make a decision by executive fiat. Very, very few uh-huh. people can do it. And, and and I'm going to try to explain why succinctly. Okay. The, the leader, he or she is 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 a person of action. They are acting in the material right. world. They 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 um, are are um, uh, not thinking. They are acting primarily. Yes. Um, now, at the same time, uh, a, a an executive can be reflecting simultaneously while acting, reflecting on uh, what they are doing. And this is a right. <clears throat> very, very unique and rare trait. I've often heard mm. it about Charlie Chaplin, who both uh. acted, who both acted uh. and directed uh. simultaneously. And that, and that's my analogy. It's someone. Oh, who acted, okay, okay. Who's a person of action, who is moving the environment, directing people, executing in a in a material way, a practical way. But at the but at the same time they're directing, they're reflecting, and and, and uh, that is that's unique. Uh, Chaplin Actually, I, 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 I supposedly yeah, that had that, and had that's that a trait. real leadership trait. the show is art of of leadership or the art of the CEO. Right. I think it's an art form. I really do. I, I think you're right, and and I mean I I often view it myself like a sculptor that is the uh, person who is actively chipping away everything that doesn't look like a horse, and at the same time um, refining and recalling little pieces of information and culling them and using them, massaging them together to come out with guidance for his action. 
So he's both a yeah. tool user and a tool uh, collector and a tool reshaper all at once. Yeah, and I'm not sure how that happens. Uh, I, I don't think mm. they're. It, it's not never taught. I mean, if you're if yeah. you go mm. if you're a business student or an MBA student, th- this is never going to be taught to you. Um, no, no, you know it's it's. Uh, I don't know if it falls, uh, you know, comfortably in other uh, paradigms like creativity or uh, or or uh, innovation. Um, I, but I do think it's it's a form of art. It's it's a form of both acting and reflecting simultaneously. And if you can do that, then I don't have a problem with executive fiat. Because yeah, that's a person yeah, yeah. who's that's a person who's acting, but also acting within an ethical framework. Because they're reflecting on what they're doing, they're they're they're, yeah. they're looking, they're watching themselves do it, and almost self-correcting. So I don't have. So if you can do that, I don't have a problem with a strong executive who acts by fiat. Uh, right. So, so it's going to be rare. It's going to be rare. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, good good leaders are rare. People in the position of leadership are many. And I think that that's just the way the whole world works, quite frankly, in almost every field. I want You had said something, uh, another thing, and we, we just have time to get into it for a couple of minutes. And you had said that as a leader, as someone who is, is trying to do both, both act and direct and garner all possible tools at the same time, uh, it's it's better to be a uh, smart fish in a big pond than a big fish in a small <laughs> right. pond. Yeah. Yeah. So I, what, I, what, yeah. Uh, what what's smart? What do you mean by smart fish? <laughs> well, um, I, I learned this the hard way. This is one of the lessons oh, okay. I, I do want to I do want to uh, you know communicate in a in a book and otherwise. Um, sure. I, 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 a smart fish to me is someone who uh, uh, knows their customer, and, and it could be any customer. It could mm. be their employee. It could be their business partner. It could be you know a traditional customer who you're providing goods and services, who knows the customer inside and out, knows what they need, knows what they want. Um, that again is is um, there's an openness. I I call it a smart fish. But it's but it's it's it it has to do with awareness, and it has to do with understanding the needs of someone else. Now, that's now that, now then the question is what pond you're going to be in, right? It, it, it's been right. my experience. It's been my experience that there is much more opportunity, much much more opportunity in a big pond, right? Everybody wants yeah, to be sure. a big fish in a small pond. But you know what? That big fish sort of swims around in their own feces most of the time. Right. It's a small <laughs> bowl. It's a small yeah. pond. Yeah. They're, yeah blo- right. they're 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 bloated and it's not healthy being a being a big fish in a small pond. Now, it's uh, it's it's scary to be a small fish in a big pond, but but yeah. that's the whole concept of being a smart fish in smart a small uh-huh. pond to avoid I the, see. the bloated... what you're saying is that we've got avenues the the big pond is where all the avenues are, all the ways to go, all the, the choices, pond, all the opportunities. The big pond you can fulfill your life's dreams in a big pond. Uh, yeah, the yeah. question is is the question is is 
Are you smart enough to do that? Now, smart, I don't mean it's an intelligence necessarily. It's not an IQ thing. Smart is right. more, again, uh, it's just a way, way of um, categorizing what it takes to find and seize an opportunity in a big pond. And it's and it's really okay. about um, it's really about understanding what the, uh, the needs of others. John, I thank you very much. Unfortunately, our pond is coming uh, to, is narrowing <laughs> down to its headwaters very rapidly, and I hope that you'll be able to come back with us again. And we're looking forward to the book, and we'll make sure that the folks, uh, as it comes out, that they they keep up progress with it. And I thank you so much for enlightening us all. And as we round out today's show, I'd like to leave you with today's business quotation. Who was the person who said, let your words be a little wild? They ought to be, for they are the assault of thoughts on the unthinking. I love that. Anyway, the gentleman who said this had more economic wise thoughts in his arsenal than almost any other man of his time. And remember, if you know the author of the if you know the author of these quotes, just write down the quote as best as you remember it and the author's name, and we'll read it on the air. And so, so please don't forget to sign it as you're doing. So finally, as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, the respect of one's peers is a fine thing, but the envy of my peers and the admiration of my superiors trumps that any time. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you a good day. It has, as always, been a privilege. I thank you. Good day. Bye-bye, Bart. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.